You're listening to Sunday Worship at Weddington Methodist Church. Find more ways to worship, fellowship, serve, study, and be supported at WeddingtonChurch.org. And now let us hear a word from Ephesians in the New Testament, chapter 4, verses 17 through 24. So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have, be, they have, been given, them, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for a time of worship, for hearing our prayers, and for being with us wherever we are, for your faithfulness and your omnipresence, God. And now, Lord, we pray that you speak to us, that you guide us through your word, that your Holy Spirit move our hearts and our minds, Father. And God, I pray that you touch my lips, that it be your word and not my own, God, that it be much, much more of you and less of me. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ephesians, this letter, was written by Paul. And it was written to a group of believers, believers in the risen Christ, in, in the fact that Jesus was the Son of God, crucified, but had resurrected. And these people, Ephesians, they lived in, in a Roman city named Ephesus. And it was a large and powerful city. And the Apostle Paul, although he wasn't one of the 12 disciples, he is considered an apostle because he was an eyewitness to Jesus. He lived during the same time that Jesus and the 12 disciples lived. And he really surrendered his life to Jesus. At some point, he realized that Jesus was, in fact, the Son of God and that he had resurrected. And so he went all out for Jesus, Paul was a thinker, he was very well read, and he knew that because of his encounter with Christ, that Jesus really was the means to salvation and to truth. So the Apostle Paul, he went everywhere. He went from town to town, strategically sharing the good news of who Jesus was and is, and what the salvation and the truth we find in him. And so groups of believers gathered in secret places and in homes. It, most of the time it was homes, and it had to be secret places because they were still persecuted at that time. And so the groups would pray and study and worship and grow together. And the Apostle Paul, 
he stayed in contact with them through letters, teaching them, encouraging and correcting and loving them. And but before I continue, how many of you have been distracted by the title of my sermon, Enfócate? And so many times, m many of you may already speak Spanish and you may know, well, it means focus or, or many, some of you may have, oh gosh. Okay, let me start with, before I continue, was that good? Okay. Before I continue, how many of you have been distracted by the title of my sermon, Enfócate? Perhaps you speak Spanish and you know what it means, or maybe you've already Googled it, but it means focus. And so sometimes at church, because of things like that, we become distracted, whether because of twitches in lighting or because uh, there's a, a feedback from the speakers or because somebody sings out of key, whatever it is, sometimes we become distracted. And let me tell you, I have the tendency to do the same. And not only do we sometimes become distracted in our worship spaces, but sometimes we also get distracted in the world. So focus is actually a spiritual discipline. I call it tunnel vision on Sundays. When I come to worship and I'm surrounded by people that I love, but also by things that I am doing, and I have to find a balance that although I am aware and caring for those around me, that my focus is on Christ. And so the Apostle Paul was amazing at this. See, when he wrote this letter of Ephesians, he was in prison. He was still able, although in prison, to have mental focus. So much so that he didn't stop caring about his fellow Christians and how their life was going. And he was still able to focus enough to pray and write advice for them. In prison, while he was in prison, in darkness, surrounded by excrement, cold and possibly sick in different times, hungry, thirsty, lonely, he was oppressed. And yet he managed to focus his mind, his thoughts, his understanding, his belief in Christ. Let's go back to the word in verse 17, and we'll go through 18. Paul said, so I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord. He's insisting. You must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. So the word Gentile, it means non-believer. But how fascinating that although Paul was literally in prison, in the dark and lonely place, he referred to those outside, those who were free, the ones who had actually put him in prison, he referred to them as the ones in darkness and separated from God. There's nothing more lonely than to be separated from God. And he insists, do not live like them. So what was their problem? Verse 17, Paul says, the futility of their thinking. See, we as believers, as intelligent, sometimes arrogant, sometimes stubborn as we may be, maybe a bit of control freaks, whatever it is, part of submission and surrender includes our mind. We must surrender also our minds to God. The truth is that 
of this world, society, culture, institutions, schools of thought, they can all be misused by the enemy of God with the purpose to steal part of your soul, which is your mind. The enemy wants our mind. Think about it. Where was Paul when he wrote this? He was in prison. The enemy of God wanted to shut him up, distracting Paul with pain, loneliness, stress, I'm sure, and anguish. Paul could have given up, and he could have even doubted his belief in Jesus. But instead, he focused. He focused and insisted that others, that we all do the same. Let's continue reading, 18 and 19. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. And in consequence, this is what happens. Verse 19, having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. So losing mental focus on God, losing, it creates hardening of hearts, and it leads to insensitivity. So you just stop caring. When you lose focus in God, you begin to do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Read it again, verse 19. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. I know this is hard word to hear, but I feel called to turn on a red light in today's society. Look around us. Look at our nation under God. We have arrived to a time when we need to write bills to protect our authority in the decision-making of our own children and in our own home. The enemy of God will target believers first. And, and, and this, is, this is not us against other people. This is the enemy of God against humanity. Think about all the division in denominations, in churches, in families, in institutions, all because of, as Paul said, futility of thinking. The word futility means senseless thinking. You can say, well, Pastor Rocio, my opinions and feelings are not futile. When you start identifying yourself as a cow, a cat, a kitten, or a puppy, and expect the rest of us to acknowledge it, then it is totally futile. Why? Because Genesis 5, verses 1 and 2 says that God created us in his likeness, that he made us male and female, and named us human. Come out of the distractions of the enemy of God. Be free in the name of Jesus and focus. Our job as believers of Christ is to shine in the darkness of ignorance and other philosophies as Paul did when he was in the darkness of that prison cell. Otherwise, sin will take over, not just in society, but even in our own minds. 
The Apostle Paul continues in verse 20. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and put on a new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That's a big deal. Paul is saying this to the believers, and it is a big deal. Not just for popes or for pastors or for priests or for missionaries. God created, God created us to be like God, all of us not just the churchy people. We were all created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Friends, through Jesus, we are offered this type of blessing, true life in abundance, but our rebelliousness keeps us from it. We were created in a beautiful and special way to live according to the will of God who is our creator. The Apostle Paul was a person of thought and a deep thinker. I think he understood the beauty and power of the human mind and its capacity. And I also think this is why the enemy of God loves to mess with our minds. The, the enemy of God will misuse all that is in his reach to tell you otherwise, to convince you otherwise, to confuse you into the wrong direction. We must focus our ears and our eyes on Christ. Just recently, I started getting into um, Instagram and these other platforms online. I'm learning, so if you find me, don't become disappointed. I just take pictures of flowers and that's what you see. But I was watching this one video on a baby elephant. Maybe some of you have seen it already. I think it's going viral. And this baby elephant, uh, they named him Hercules. Hercules. He, uh, there was a group of people in Zambia, and they saw this baby elephant being attacked by 14 lions. And this baby elephant was so fragile by those attacking him, by those surrounding him. And yet the elephant was smart. Even at his young age, he was a baby. And he focused and he looked and he thought he was being attacked by all of these predators in different ways from different angles. And he was still able to focus and look for what he knew was the solution. And you know what that was? It was water because lions don't like water. Cats don't like water. And so he was aware of his surroundings and he focused and he found the water and he's struggling with them and he's kicking them off of him and he's trying to reach the water and he finally arrives and guess what? Those lions ended up leaving him alone because they don't like the water. Well, in the spiritual world, our water is the Holy Spirit. See, the enemy of God is gonna find all kinds of strategies to try to tear you down like that baby elephant. The enemy of God is going to send those different types of lions, different philosophies, doubt, anger, violence, division, 
in order to make us lose focus. And sometimes it's not, it doesn't seem that complicated. It could be arguments at, at the house. It could be arguments at the workplace. But we must stay focused. We must be smarter than the enemy of God. We must know our creator and keep our eyes on him. And like this baby elephant, we must run and understand the danger that we are in if we don't seek the place in which those lions are afraid of. See, those lions, they're not comfortable with water. They don't like water. The enemy of God doesn't like the presence of the Holy Spirit. So the closer you are to the Holy Spirit, and not only that, the more you dive into the depths of the Holy Spirit, the more you dive into the word and surrender your own thoughts to the understanding of God, the, own, the, the more you, you surrender to the hands of, that who, of he who created us, the more, the deeper we go into the presence of God, the more fearful the enemy becomes because he can't reach you. He'll try, but he can't reach you. And so we must stay focused. Even elephants demonstrate that, that strength of knowing where to go, of knowing where to go. And so Paul insists, do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. And this is God's will. God's will is good, pleasing, and perfect. His will is good, pleasing, and perfect. That's Romans 12, 2, also written by the Apostle Paul. Church, Believers, children of God, let us stay focused. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.